break 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 You're listening to Breakthrough News, and this is The Punch-Out. We're following the news all day so you don't have to, giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be. And yes, we are back here on The Punch-Out, 12th of September, 2022. Very happy to be back with you here on the show. And we've got plenty for you here on the show, as we always do. We're going to be talking about the midterm elections in the United States, which are now looming large after Labor Day. Well, we are now officially in the final stretch of the midterm elections in the U.S., which is typically said to start after Labor Day. Where do things stand? Well, about where they've stood all summer, if the polling can be believed, a dead heat. And notably, despite the huge sums of money and increasing airtime being given to the issue, the most likely election outcomes don't seem to portend much significant change either way, although there's at least one caveat to that around the issue of abortion rights. In terms of the quote-unquote standings, if you will, the polling shows a very close race. The 538 average of the quote-unquote generic ballot, that's where people say, regardless of the candidate, what party they want to win, has the Democrats up 1.3%. So pretty close, as you can see. The most recent Economist YouGov poll details that 36% of respondents preferred the Democrats to control the Senate, 34% the Republicans, and the same poll details that 36% also want the Democrats to control the House, and 35% the Republicans. 538 also does what's known as an election forecast. That's a model where they run the election 40,000 times to see how often each side wins. And that election forecast noted that Democrats won the majority in the Senate 69 out of every 100 times, Republicans 31 out of every 100 times. In the House, Republicans won 74 out of every 100 times, Democrats 26 out of every 100 times. Looking more specifically, a number of the main Senate races are definitely tight and have tightened significantly in the past couple weeks. In Georgia and North Carolina, the two parties are separated by just one point in the Senate races there. In Ohio, Dems are up by two. Florida, Republicans by three. And Nevada, Democrats by four. Only in Pennsylvania, Arizona, and Colorado of the quote-unquote swing states do Democrats seem solidly ahead. The fact that most of these Senate races seem to have narrowed in the wake of the Mar-a-Lago raid does suggest that that gave Republicans at least a little bit of a boost. All in all, when you look at the various statistics, the most likely scenario seems to be that the Democrats will hold the Senate, maybe even go up a few seats, and Republicans will win the House. However, this election has some serious wild cards that could easily make the less likely scenarios more plausible, most notably the Democrats holding the House. The biggest unknown, of course, is what the struggle around abortion rights will mean for the election. So far, all signs indicate that the Supreme Court stripping the right to choose away from millions has increased the likelihood of the Democrats benefiting from a surge of voters who want Democrats to continue to control Congress to keep the possibility of resurrecting the right to abortion nationwide alive. Of the so-called swing states in Pennsylvania, Ohio, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida, since Dobbs, more women than men have registered to vote. 
It'll be hard to know how significant that is until Election Day, of course. But Kansas, where a referendum just succeeded in protecting the right to abortion, also had seen a significant surge in female voter registrations after the Dobbs decision. So it stands to reason in some of these other states, the increase in female registrants is going to have an impact. Notably, Michigan and California will have referendums protecting the right to abortion, which very well could increase turnout overall, particularly in Michigan, where it's more likely that the right to abortion actually could be at risk, depending on what the outcome of the fall elections are in that state. 14 of the 85 House races that the Cook Political Report deems to be competitive in some way are in California or Michigan. Republicans only need five seats, however, to win a majority and the heavily gerrymandered House of Representatives. They obviously have a lot of pathways to win with those 85 House seats that are deemed competitive in some way. However, special elections and close seats in both New York and Alaska so far this summer also suggest Democrats might be set to have a better year than expected. The other wild card is whether or not the Mar-a-Lago raid might juice turnout among Trump supporters, which I referenced earlier. That's harder to poll, so it's tough to say. On the one hand, 51% of Trump voters told the Economist YouGov pollsters they were more enthusiastic to vote this year as compared to other midterm election years. That's compared to 43% of people who voted for Joe Biden in 2020. On the other hand, however, a clear plurality of respondents to the same poll, the Economist YouGov poll, feel Trump should face criminal charges for how he handled the record seized. 46% said he should face criminal charges, and 37% think he should not. Notably, despite the constant media refrain that Trump is supported by the quote-unquote working class, 46% of those making less than $50,000 a year think Trump should face charges, and 44% of those making fifty dollars to $100,000 a year also think Trump should face charges. 34% and 39% respectively thought he should not face criminal charges. So doesn't really line up there, working class support versus what people thought about Mar-a-Lago. But as mentioned before, the tightening of some Senate races in the wake of the Mar-a-Lago raid does suggest that it may have at least riled up some Republicans and could play a role in juicing turnout. So when you put all that together again, it really leads us to conclude that at the end of the day, there's something of a dead heat and it's going to be on some of these wild card factors, most likely that the election turns on. But considering all this, we have to underscore an important point. Whatever the outcome, the impact of the election on working class people in the U.S. at least is likely to be fairly slight. When you look at the so-called major things that have passed since last fall, you've got an infrastructure bill that doesn't fix all the bridges set to collapse, a climate bill that doesn't meet the government's own climate goals, a quote-unquote safety plan that does not actually promote real public safety, a massive military budget, a symbolic piece of gun legislation, and a few other pieces of symbolism like the anti-lynching bill. So were Democrats to hold both houses and keep the status quo, there's not a great likelihood of there being aggressive action taken on any critical issues. Now, perhaps if there's a major surge in voters related to abortion rights, perhaps Democrats will end the filibuster and pass the Women's Health Protection Act and restore the right to abortion all across the country. But again, that's unknown. And after everything that's happened so far, it's hard to say that it's likely. Now, the Republicans, if they were to take the House or the Senate, would undoubtedly try to just block everything they possibly can. So perhaps even less would take place. Now, there are many ways to parse that, that anything is better than nothing and so on and so forth. But the fact of the matter is, no matter which party is in power, both have shown that they are unwilling to do what it takes to propose solutions that meet the scale of the problems that the country and the world are facing, which means most of those problems will continue to get worse. 
Ultimately, the only thing that can potentially change the shape of the political environment is independent political action in the streets and on the picket line and elsewhere that puts pressure on all the politicians and their backers to make concessions or risk greater upheaval. So what the outcome of the midterms is, is yes, in the hands of the voters, but in a deeper sense, in the hands of the people and their own capacity for political mobilization. That's the punch out for today. We're with you Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. here in New York East Coast Standard Time, 2 p.m. in Los Angeles Pacific Standard Time, and 9 p.m. GMT. And of course, you can support everything we do here at Breakthrough News at patreon.com slash breakthrough news. It's your patronage that keeps all of our offerings here at Breakthrough News moving forward. And of course, you can check us out across all your social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at BT Newsroom.